0: It was definitely frustrating, embarrassing, disappointed as this could be, you know, but um, it's also a little bit motivating to see that a lot of our mistakes were um, self-advised, you know, there were things that we could fix. So um, we're going to take anything good from it, and it's, it's that, you know. So we're just going to go in, keep working, and get it fixed. I couldn't tell it was a lot of different things. Um, guys maybe not knowing exactly where they are in the fit. Um, Maybe you guys feeling like, you know, Deuce was a great player. Was, I mean, there's a thousand different things, but um, it just came down to us not executing well. And it's, it's that simple. There's Deshaun White talking about what happened on Saturday, what this defense has got to do coming up Saturday against TCU, 11 a.m. kickoff. Sooners listed as a six-and-a-half point favorite. OU is actually six-and-one against the spread in their last seven games against TCU. Uh, if anyone cares about that in the gambling world. But what you care about today, um, I'm not even going to say if you haven't heard because everyone has heard. David Hicks picks A&M today at 330 over OU. It was a shocker. Uh, I was completely wrong about it. I thought David Hicks was going to pick OU. Seems like everyone thought, even from the A&M side like yesterday. Everyone thought that, uh, that David Hicks was going to pick OU. And the sentiment today, Travis, has felt like, You know, a lot like what OU fans felt like after the game Saturday against Kansas State. It was just all too familiar of a loss, right? Like, God, I've seen this loss a hundred times. We lost the exact same way we've lost to Kansas State, you know, several times prior. And I feel like, judging by the reaction on the text line, there are some saying, yep, I'm used to losing recruits to SEC schools down the stretch, just like the loss on Saturday. This is exactly the disappointment that I remember feeling.
1: Well, sure, but, you know, you're not going to win every battle. A&M just lost a battle for a wide receiver like today uh, to Georgia or yesterday to Georgia. I mean, not every school wins every battle. It is what it is. Um, you know, this was a tough one for sure, but still have a very good class and a better class than we had at any point under Lincoln-Riley. So you can imagine that we will continue to improve. I believe we have better developers on the staff now, um, as at, at least uh, that we've seen them at other schools. Uh, again, the point earlier made by a texture that, well, nobody's developed them at OU. Totally get that. Absolutely. But... Um, you know, I like their chances too. So uh, I do think uh, on the 6-1 and one against the spread, that feels like so many times that we beat Gary Patterson-led TCU teams just surprisingly bad. Like, we, I feel like Rodney Anderson was running wide open against TCU the entirety of his career. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, again, new – you know, with with Kansas State, I guess it held true to the past, no matter who was coaching. But I think with both teams under different uh, um, coaching staffs, I think you know, I think it's going to be right around the number. I still do think the Sooners cover. I think we get about a ten to thirteen point win personally. Uh, but yeah, they're going to throw the ball. There's no doubt about it. For those yeah. of you um, that don't know um, TCU's head coach, man, he uh, he he was under Hal Mum. He was with Mike Leach, uh, a bunch of guys that like to throw the ball around the yard.
0: Yeah, well, it's like we said earlier, it's the exact opposite of what they were under Gary Patterson. Obviously, Gary Patterson had some really good teams, but towards the end of that tenure, they were really lacking offensively. Some Gary Patterson teams were able to mix really good offense with really good defense, but even their defense kind of slipped in those last few years that he was in Fort Worth. So this is different than what you've seen before, really in a long time from from TCU. And OU, that was really a good matchup for them because you're right, man. Whether it was 2017 at home, 2018 on the road, um, and, and it's definitely some other years mixed in there as well, OU had a lot of success against these guys under Gary Patterson. But if you want to talk about real unknowns right now in the conference, I think Oklahoma State is an unknown because they really haven't played anyone up to this point. Most and maybe Oklahoma State's unknown, really good. Like we'll, we'll find out Saturday how good OSU is, but TCU definitely falls into the category of, we'll find out Saturday how good TCU is with this new staff.
1: Yeah, everybody's kind of shaking it up, and and even with the quarterbacks. That's, that's what I thought of before the season, you know. We were going through some preseason predictions, and I thought – Okay, you know, what what known commodities do we have? And it really wasn't anything. I mean, you you only had, what, maybe three, four, maybe returning uh, quarterbacks that were starters last year. I mean, that's massive turnover for a 10-team league. So with that, not only did you have new coaches, but you had new signal callers as well. And new coaches bring new philosophies with them entirely. We were just talking about how TCU was, you know, a defensive-minded team and then flips to kind of an offensive style, kind of an air raid style. So uh, I I think we can go ahead and throw out anything, any trends that we've known. But, um, I mean, look at OSU even. OSU, sure, they've got the same head coach and the same quarterback, but with Jim Knowles gone, they're going to have to outscore teams because Jim Knowles and Malcolm Rodriguez walked out the door and they all of a sudden can't stop anybody.
0: Yeah, it, it's just really critical that this OU defense gets back to, you know, playing at a very high level. And I I thought that they did that for the most part throughout the first three games of the season. Clearly, K State was a was a was a big step back. But those guys got to show up. It's going to be a challenge. TCU's got the best set of wide receivers that you've seen so far this year. They're going to take their chances down the field. These OU corners are going to be tested like they haven't this year. But You can control tackling in the open field. You can control stopping the run. You can control getting to the quarterback. You've got to do the things that you were really poor at a week ago. And if you can do that, like, oh, you'll be fine. I think they'll win this game. But don't show me another sloppy performance by this defense. Make me think coming out of Fort Worth, yeah, man, that was still a really bad performance against K-State, but it kind of feels like that was a one-game scenario situation without a doubt, the biggest thing. Offensive line penalties, got to clean those up, sure. Those have been drive killers this year, but this defense got to look like it did the first three games. Got to. That That's the biggest thing this well, weekend.
1: And, and and that's kind of, you know, what I touched on a little bit earlier. We were so vanilla earlier in the year, and I think everybody was chomping at the bit to see this exotic Brent Venables defense with you know people blitzing from the concession stand. And I think everybody wanted that, everybody wanted it, and then the game where we brought the most pressure was the game that we took the worst angles, that we missed the most tackles, that we missed the spy assignments, that we we really played our worst defensive game. So, so Tyler, I'm thinking that I would like to see a little bit more of that vanilla and just keep everything, you know, fundamental. If you do everything fun fundamentally right, then maybe you can kind of just work in a little bit of chaos here and there, um, but still, you know, remaining sound on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, I'm I I'm still interested to find out how good TCU is, how good Oklahoma State is. That's a big game for, for both teams, OSU and Baylor, on Saturday. And I, I think that's definitely the thought will be if OSU goes down to Waco and wins, I think they're a two-and-a-half-point dog, that pretty much everyone will say, yeah, Oklahoma State's the best team in the Big 12 as of right now. It's a huge opportunity for them, and it's a big opportunity for Spencer Sanders after the game that he had against Baylor. In the Big 12 Championship last year, what do you have like four picks in that game? Yeah,
1: that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, it's man, I I, I can't uh, I can't get over with just what defense we're going to see. It's 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 a bit frustrating. And you and I and the post game show, Yo Pablo, as we were shouting at each other uh, in that atmosphere, that was pro- that was the most confusing thing. Right was maybe the most frustrating thing was it's not the defense we had seen so far. So what are we going to be moving forward? And I think that's what kind of shook us, you know, right after that game. So, man, I sure hope it's the first three weeks.
0: Jim in Arlington says, after last Saturday night and now this afternoon, please no more assumption in OU's favor. I'm tired of egg on my face as a fan. Support them and wish for the best, but don't just assume a W, especially on the road after a home loss. This team needs to prove it every game going forward. No disagreement there, Jim. But that text just shows us that OU fans, I mean, they are are as upset as I've seen them since... The immediate aftermath of probably the bedlam game last year. Well, pretty upset after uh, Lincoln Riley decided to leave at the eleventh hour for USC. But this is a um, this is a fan base right now that is kind of wondering where they're at right now. I'm not and I'm not speaking for everyone, but there's some out there on the text line saying that God coming off a loss, another huge recruiting loss. Is this just who we are at this point? It's it's interesting. Like the the vibe today around this program. It it, it,
1: it yeah. There is. The the vibes in the in the text line are are are, are not immaculate as uh, as one might say, uh, but I mean you just look at where we were. You talk about man, we were down in the dumps after uh, you know Lincoln left, but now look at us, right? I mean we are the you know we've got a better recruiting class than Lincoln Riley ever had. Um, we have a better defense now. We like our hire. We like where we're at. We're, we've got new facilities coming, and we've got expanded staff, and we've got the soul mission, and we've got all this neat, cool. So we got a Selman statue now. We got a Baker statue. Like you know, we've we we've got so much that we're we're so high on. So I'm hoping that you know the the difference between the vibes now are going to be just as stark. Maybe a week.
0: A week from now when we come on air. Uh, remember a few years ago when we all understood that you give a new coach three years to install his players and culture? <laughs> yeah, that's the – but, you know, he took over a roster that was pretty good. I, I mean, he shouldn't – and I don't think he does. Brent Venables doesn't need three years to get things going here at OU. Like, he's got a roster that's that's ready to win right now. Ready to win right now. Uh, this one says, blank that – I'm not assuming a win. I'm guaranteeing it. So there you go. Someone from the 817 area code guaranteeing a win on Saturday. I'm sure that won't scare anyone
1: at all. Yeah, right. Yeah, we we won't say your number out loud on air just in case uh, something goes wrong. They'll come after you. So uh, here's the thing, though. When it comes to, uh, you know, I'm not going to assume a win, it's, I mean, I don't think any of us are are going to the casino and betting a million dollars on uh, on the money line every week, I mean, uh, you know, driving up to Kansas and and unloading it on the DraftKings app. But but it's also one thing to be said, like, look, if you're favored to win by a lot, it's safe to say you can say, we should win this game. Maybe we should change everything to we should win this game. Not we're going to, but we should. We should have beat Kansas State. Um, That's safe to say. We didn't, of course. That's why it was such an upset. You know, but OU is going to be favored in most of their games, which should mean that they should win most of their games. Whether they do or not comes down, of course, to execution. But um, OU's still got more talent than every team they're going to face. Um, they'll be favored. And I don't think this turns into a, oh, lost Kansas State, lost David Hicks. Let's wrap it all up. Six and six, here we go. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that's safe to say. And and, and I think fans can be
0: confident, It'd be boring not to have a little bit of confidence. Uh, let's see, text line. I'm getting close to giving up on football. This is nuts. I'm all in for softball and volleyball. Still somewhat innocent, I hope. Football is uh, dirty. Yeah, college football is a different sport than it's than it's ever been, and well, it's always A&M's. been a little dirty. I mean, oh, oh, now yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's
1: just more public. It's a. Um, if, if you're one of those that don't think players have been paid for a long
0: time, I've got. Oh yeah, of course. I've got some
1: news for you.
0: Let's see the defensive line position right now at AM, what they've gotten in 22 and 23. Walter Nolan, number one overall player, number one defensive lineman last year. Shamar Stewart, the number three defensive lineman. Levius Overton, the number four defensive lineman. Uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, the number five defensive lineman. Anthony Lucas, the number six defensive lineman. And now David Hicks, the number one defensive lineman in this year's class. And hey, it's a great defensive line haul for Jimbo. There ain't no doubt about it, but I I think that, in an odd way, getting the number one overall class and probably at least a top 15, maybe top 10 class, again, this year for A&M, it brings about some pressure. You know, A&M fans are investing a whole lot of money. They haven't won a title since 1939. Heck, they haven't won a conference championship since 1998. They are ready to get over the hump, and if Jimbo... You know, loses to Mississippi State on Saturday, which they're an underdog in that game. Follow that up with a beatdown at Alabama. They go eight and four, seven and five. Follow that up with another eight and four, seven and five. I know his buyout is massive, but in a weird way, I think that these massive recruiting classes and even days like this could almost contribute to his eventual downfall at A&M.
1: Yeah, what's funny is, you know, you can't you can't on one hand say that. A and M, and this is—I mean—Saban was saying this, so Sabin is not an employee of uh, Kref, so um, this isn't just you know propaganda that we're spitting. But even Sabin said, "Look, Jimbo bought the class." So, if if it's a situation where money is just flowing so freely from the donors at A and why are we? Why is the assumption that it is a one hundred percent fact? That a 95 million dollar buyout is something they won't pay, like like that's what most people say. Like, oh man, is Jimbo on the hot seat? Like, well, even I've probably said in the past, no, because he's got a 95 million dollar buyout. But you know, over and over, we hear about uh, about the A and M money. I mean, if anybody can afford a 95 million dollar buyout to a guy that keeps on squandering some of the most talented kids in the country. I mean, Gabriel uh, Dindy doesn't have a tackle yet this year, not even a half a tackle. So, you know, you look at situations like that, you see some transfer portal stuff happening, you see the wins not to rack up. I'm not so sure that A&M donors won't say, okay, cool, we'll write one big last check and uh, see if we can get somebody to come in here and uh, do something with all this talent.
0: Yeah, maybe so. But uh, whoever the head coach is, I'm sure it's not going to stop them from Paying a lot of money in recruiting eh, NIL and, uh, you know, landing big-time recruiting classes because AM's the poster child right now for NIL, and I don't love giving AM credit, but in situations like today, it's it's definitely worked out for them. Hey, we are doing a diaper drive today. I'm here until 6 p.m., so if you're in the Norman area, maybe even more, we are trying to get 2,500 diapers donated to the Center for Children's and Families. If you're not in Norman or more and you can't swing by here to Mitchell's Jewelry in Norman, that's cool. You can donate online. CCFINorman.org backslash donate. That's CCFINorman.org backslash donate. And then you comment baby pantry slash diapers there. But uh, we appreciate the Ref Army support, even though they're really, really angry right now on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. That's fine. I get that. You should be angry about today's decision. Hell, I'm angry about today's decision. But uh, let's at least, uh, you know, donate to a good cause today, trying to get 2,500 diapers, again, for the Center for Children and Families. More will come next right here on The Rush. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless fans. Final hour of The Rush, the Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring you this hour. Tyler McComas alongside Travis Davidson. Your text on the Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405 651 34-39. 34-39. I'll move off of this uh, here in just one second. I just want to read this text from the 405. Have to believe the loss to K-State influenced David Hicks' decision to go to a not OU. I adamantly disagree with that. Now, I'm not I, – like, I don't think it played any decision whatsoever in David Hicks' decision. Like, I, I know that that's an easy thing to point to and say, well, you just lost to those guys, and they weren't good on the defensive line. That in, that that wasn't a factor here. NIL was a factor here. I'm pretty convinced of that, and that's fine. I'm not even necessarily hating because it is legal. A and M can do it, but it wasn't because they lost to K State. Right? Yeah, that's
1: it. That's not the case. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, leave a team that just – you wouldn't flip a silent commit from a team that just lost to Kansas State to a team that just lost to App State. It Probably wouldn't be the. Probably wouldn't be the move, but uh, you know, good text here from the 405 talking about uh, uh, go look at our all-time top recruit list. A good chance a player misses as hits. To- totally agree with that. You do that, uh, go over to you know your um, recruiting service of choice and look at kind of our all-time uh, recruits. Sure, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. But um, the reality is. We're going to be fine because, like I said, Tyler. If I if I told you if future Travis um, came to you uh, back uh, in maybe January and said, "Hey, I'm from the future, and we're going to have the number six ranked recruiting class in the country with multiple five stars and ones even on the defensive line," and 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 are you going to be okay
0: with that? You would you would do backflips. But sure. Again, I guess my question is: Are they going to stay at the number six overall class by the time December gets here? Like, I th- I still think they'll stay in the top ten if they well, close so out well.
1: But I think they'll rise. That's my I, question. I, I personally do because I because I think just numbers wise, you have to look at we're bringing on two more safeties. There's no doubt about it. Even if they're not Peyton Bowen and Ryan Yates, and, and just like I'm not saying we're getting them, or not anything like that. If today shows you anything, who knows, right? But um, I know using close contact with them, but we're going to. Take two safeties. So, adding players cannot bring your ranking down. So, when you consider that we will be adding safeties, likely with us, you know, four star, you know, safeties uh, that we can bring on, and then we're going to get more on the defensive line, whether that's Caden McDonald, whether we uh, pick up the phone with Marcus Deal, anything like that. Johnny Bowens was just in town. Uh, you know, with that, I still think we put probably four more players in this class and I guess my my overall point is I think pretty much any four players you add is going to increase this class because I'm not sure I'm not sure other classes and other schools are going to continue to take three or four more people so while it won't be the big jump that we'll see with the five-star David Hicks you'll see I, I still think we finish this top five personally.
0: Yeah, I am uh I am hopeful that that'll happen I, I, I would I would just say I'm not as confident that they're gonna finish in the top five and I and I see what you're saying by the numbers but I mean I think I'm like a lot of people now I'm kind of shook on if are, are they gonna be able to flip Peyton Bowen now um well, are they gonna get Akana? yeah you know
1: even if even if we don't flip Peyton Bowen and, and even if he goes off to am or whatever it it's still you know you got Conrad hussey you've got you got other guys that that we've you know, talked about that are safeties that are four-star safeties or high-three-star safeties that are still going to impact the numbers in a positive way. Um, not necessarily, again, what what Hicks would have done, but again, getting getting at least three or four more players, I still think numbers-wise that we rise. But of course, you know, being being a little shook is certainly uh, is certainly understandable. But look, we've got the coach we want, we've got the strength and conditioning guy we want, we got the assistant coaches we want. Um, The recruiting class is very, very good, better than it ever was under Lincoln.
0: So, I mean, we're still in very, very good shape. Don't discount what BV and crew can do in the transfer portal also. Yeah, it's true, but here's the thing. It's it's hard to find, really hard to find a, like, dude in the middle of the defensive line, like a high-level defensive tackle in the transfer portal. There are defensive tackles in the transfer portal. You can find those guys, but we're talking about to the caliber of David Hicks. And I know some of you will text in and say, well, we don't even know what kind of player he's going to be at the next level. That's true, but he projects to be a really good player. I'm would I'd be i I'm going to go ahead and guess that he has a very, very nice college football career. So, yes, they will add some pieces via the portal like they did off season. It's just some positions are harder to find than others. And when we're talking about elite defensive tackles, guys in the middle – there's just not I mean there's not a whole lot of elite defensive tackles to begin with, and they're really hard to find when you're talking about the portal wide receivers running backs even quarterbacks you can find those guys, but elite defensive guys are a little bit more tricky
1: yeah I was uh sorry, I was reading through some text on the text line. We have a decent amount of people trying to uh trying to move on to the TCU game, but it is a quite the tug of war game uh that's that's happening in there, so um Sorry, was uh, was caught up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line there, but uh give give me a quick rundown of what you're saying.
0: Uh no, I'll just I'll just move on, actually. Uh, OU sixty five point five percent chance to beat TCU this weekend. That is the FBI. Max Duggan, much like Dylan Gabriel, has not thrown an interception this year. So Max Duggan comes in having a really nice, really nice start. Probably his best three game stretch that he's ever had in his career. So this is a prove-it game for uh, TCU, just like it's a prove-it game for Oklahoma. Um, This is definitely going to be a test, and this is all about can you revert back to maybe what you were in the first three weeks of the season. And it felt like Norman was going to burn down after the loss to Kansas State. It definitely feels like it might burn down today. But if you don't win Saturday at TCU, whoo boy, um, no one, at least I don't think, is going to be calling for any jobs? I don't think it'll go that far. <laughs> I, but I think this fan base will, you will know be somebody will. what really, really upset. Really upset.
1: Yeah, as they should be. I think if 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 you lose to TCU, then because you're hoping that you know Brent Venables uh, adju- makes the adjustments necessary. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Duggan's going to give you issues. I mean, I- if the season ended today, he would shatter uh, the single game or the single season passing efficiency rating record. Um, I mean, of all time, I mean, shatter it. Uh, I, I like, I don't know. We talked early in the year. I kind of thought Chandler Morris would compete for this job. Uh, he's still my well. He wanted out of
0: camp. He wanted out of camp. He just got hurt.
1: Oh, I, I, I thought, uh, I, I thought he would be the uh, starter entire year. I didn't see his injury. That's. I guess I haven't uh, kept up with TCU quite as much. But, um, yeah, I mean. Duggan again downfield, and you've seen what Dykes have done has done with quarterbacks over his time. Uh, so you assume he he's going to light it up. But I agree with your point, man. If if Sooners don't find a way to win this game, it's uh, it's going to get real ugly. We think the text line's bad right now. Uh, it's going to go way past the text line. It's going to be on air everything. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping for everybody's sanity that. We go in and get a statement win, just as our own Douglas Miles uh, had said, and uh, and wrap this up and and maybe just get get a couple things moving in our favor. Uh, maybe you know get some get some guys in, go in, beat Texas. Because if you beat Texas, all of this, I mean, I, I I would argue that some people would forget that you know we even were in it for for a five star DL. Maybe that's a stretch, but you go and beat Texas. Always. The, 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 the moods are never higher than when we beat Texas. So yeah. um, uh, I don't want to get maybe. ahead of myself. I, but just thinking of the, the mood of the fan base, uh, I think the mood of the fan base changes um, with that Texas game more than anything.
0: I think the this, this sting for from the day is probably going to last and linger for a while. And you can do some nice things. And you can beat TCU, beat Texas. And I think the the thought about this year's team could change a little bit but in terms of like when you get to national signing day in december i think there you know people will look at this class and say all right yeah defensively top to bottom it's as good of a class as you've had in a while but i still think the sting today is going to linger in december and there's going to be a thought of what could have been if you were able to close with david hicks so i just oh, i i yeah, think I that there will be excitement but also like god man that 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 really sucked
1: yeah, there's a bit of that. Uh, again, as I said, is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? Um, man, I really wish this was a. Uh, I really wish this was a, a fight between Texas and Texas A&M as opposed to a fight between Texas A&M and Oklahoma, because uh, the mood would certainly be different. But we did see this what a year ago yesterday or a year ago today. Our class had uh, number one ranked quarterback commit Malachi Nelson. You know, n- number one ranked receiver. Uh, you know, Brandon Innes, I believe it was at the time the number one rank because we got Mike Hyde Lemon. We had Relique Brown. We had all these guys. Luke Haas was, uh, you know, a high end four star, five star on some things. So, I mean, those were in the 2023 class and we had, we were leaps and bounds going to be the number one class, right? And yet the only person from a year ago that's still in this class is one Joshua Bates. Um, the uh, the number one true center in the class. So we've definitely been stripped of our five stars out of this class already. I mean, multiple um, five stars out of this class. So we'll see, we'll see how it hits in in December um, because theoretically we could say, hey, you know, Malachi Nelson could have been in this class, Makai Lemon, Brandon Ennis, Relique Brown, Luke Haas, they all could have been in this class, you know.
0: 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. couple more seg- segments coming up. Interesting week in the conference. OSU-Baylor got a big game. OU-TCU got a big game. Kansas got a big game at home against Iowa State. We'll kind of look of uh, what what's coming up on Saturday for the league and a little bit more. College football, as always, on the other side. Keep it locked right here on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. It is the rush on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, it's Travis loud. Davidson. Big Saturday of college football coming up in the Big 12. A lot of unknowns still in this conference. I think we're going to find out a lot more about some of the teams in the league. West Virginia at Texas. Texas is a a nine-and-a-half point favorite. We're going to find out the resolve of this UT team, man. um, I in no way think that they're just going to show up and blast West Virginia at home. This is a massive, massive test for UT. We all know what they're going to show in the Cotton Bowl against OU, but... We said it after they barely lost to Alabama. It's still the same old Texas. They they won't play like that on a week-in, week-out basis. Down 17 to UTSA. Give them credit for the way that they finished. But then they followed that up with a road loss to Texas Tech. Who's to say Texas isn't going to drop this home game against West Virginia on Saturday?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, you, you recapped a little bit of the, of the Texas uh, season. West Virginia, I think a lot of people are dunking on West Virginia early because of that overtime loss to Kansas. Well, now Kansas looks like they've actually put their, you know, put their stuff together for the first time in a long time. So, when you look at games outside of that Kansas loss, or you've got the West Virginia Pitt game which was a crazy game. I mean, watching that, that was one of the better games uh, so far of the year and what a great way to start yeah. off the Uh, start off the season Um, so they lose a close one to ranked Pitt at the time they lose to Kansas Kansas should be ranked in my opinion and other people's opinions of course but they go and obviously make light work of Towson 65 to 7 and then they blow out Virginia Tech 33 to 10 so West Virginia again you you knock them a little bit because early on oh oh and two man with a loss to Kansas what are we doing here well I mean I think you've got a lot of reason to like West Virginia
0: in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, JT Daniels is having a decent year, 87-134. He's got 956 yards through four games, seven touchdowns, and a couple of interceptions. So I just, look, is Texas the better team than West Virginia? Yes. Should they win on Saturday? Yes. Will any of us be surprised if they throw out a total clunker and have three losses go in the OU game? Of course not. No, we won't be. So this will be... It's an interesting test for UT. There ain't no doubt. Um, Iowa State and Kansas, man. Kansas might be the biggest surprise story. Might, not might be. They are the biggest surprise story in all of college football this year. And Iowa State isn't some great team. But KU wins this week at home, then we got to start having the conversation about a 6-0 KU team coming to Norman here in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what. Is is there a kind of a pushover? Big 12 team right now? Because the, the doormat used to be Kansas. You know, who's the new doormat? Does, it, does this conference have one? Uh, with with Kansas being respectable, um, and, and even just maybe not a dumpster fire is the best way to uh, describe them compared to what they've been in the past, there's really no easy weeks here. And it's really going to come down to, can Deckers protect the ball? You know, one of the things we talk about with Dylan Gabriel and Duggan, they don't have any interceptions. It's important to not give the opponent extra possessions, right? Decker has five interceptions on the year. Um, yeah, I, I, I almost like Kansas in that game, man.
0: I think I'm going to pick Kansas. Yeah, I'm going to pick Kansas in a close one. I'm just kind of riding the hot hand right now. Yeah, right. And I'm really you hoping that to. KU wins this game. Yeah, because normally, yeah, like, like be my, for me, my K ref lock, my K ref lock was Kansas yeah. last week. Got me a point. KU. I, KU week, when you have them as a home game, really KU week, I mean, in Norman or Lawrence. But especially when it's a home game, it's like, oh, God, really? I just paid for this? Okay. There'll, there'll be a lot of intrigue if KU is like 6-0 and at that point. Um, I'm not going to say college game day is going to be in Norman, but there's going to be a lot of hype around that game if KU starts the season, half their season is over, and they're an undefeated football team. Give me KU um, by a field goal. Oklahoma State and Baylor. I feel like Baylor's going to win this game by a touchdown. I feel like it's going to be really close all the way through. Um, My big question mark is still with Spencer Sanders, and there's definitely been stretches where he's played really good football, but I still like this Baylor team, man. Everyone was kind of down and out on Baylor after that loss to BYU, but they rolled up to Ames last week and played pretty well. Give me Baylor by a field goal over Oklahoma State in what's going to be, I think, one of the better games of the day.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, right? Because we've seen this from Spencer Sanders, right? We've seen he's he's been he's been starting for a while now. We think we pretty much know what we have. And we we've had a guy really that has given the ball away in big time situations. Now he hasn't really needed to he hasn't faced a big time situation this year, so we're not sure if that has changed yet, but after you see it so many times, you don't really have reason to believe that it's changed, so I do like the Baylor pick. Um, I, I I do. I just have a hard time betting against Dave Aranda, man. I still think that he's a fantastic coach. I personally don't think he's um, in Waco too much longer. There's too many openings. You know, you'll have an SEC opening, you'll have the Nebraska opening. I mean, you've got a lot of openings, and you have to imagine Dave Aranda is going to be at the top of most ADs lists because he's a no-nonsense guy. He's not going to give you a lot of drama. He hardly has any facial expressions. And all he does is go win football games.
0: Uh, I think an under-the-radar game nationally and definitely in the Big 12 this week is, you know, most people talk about OSU and Baylor, Iowa State and Kansas, maybe even OU at TCU. But Tech at Kansas State, to me, that is a fascinating game. Now, K-State is listed as an eight-point favorite, but how many times have we said, you know, after K-State beats OU, oh, they're the best team in the league, and they're about to roll off and win ten games this year. And maybe K-State does that, but it seems like the opposite happens more times than not after they beat OU. Um, Tech's got some momentum. Tech has as much momentum as a program that they've had in a long time, long time. they got to feel confident going up to Kansas State. Um, I'll I'll take K-State, but I think this might be a close game. Yeah,
1: you know, what this really will, uh, a lot of it will turn into is, you know, Texas Tech just beat uh, Texas, Kansas State beat Oklahoma. It's bragging rights to see whose loss was worse. (laughs) If Kansas State goes and rolls Texas Tech, you know they are going to be OU fans saying, oh, man, can't believe this team. You know, at least we lost to the better team, which was Kansas State. Um, I do think... I do think Adrian Martinez, thanks to us, is going to be playing with a lot of confidence. Um, You know, I I like Deuce Vaughn. Again, we talked early in the season how he might be the best player in the conference. Donovan Smith having some turnover issues. Um, Again, five interceptions for him as well. You know, part of it I think is just recency bias for me, but I really like Kansas State
0: in this game. Doug and Norman just dropped by some uh, pampers, just dropped by some diapers. Atta How about boy, that? Doug He's contributing and to boy. our uh, 2,500 goal here. No big deal. So, Doug getting in uh right under the buzzer. You still got time? Well, you got about 15 minutes, actually, and I'm going to be out here to donate some diapers. The ref is teaming up with Mitchell's Jewelry today. That's why I've been out here. Um, and, hey, if you can't make it out here and you're just hearing this for the first time and say, yeah, I'd like to donate some diapers, that sounds pretty cool. The Center for Children's and Families, uh, we're supporting them today. Monetary donations are accepted. CCFINorman.org backslash donates. I'll say it again. CCFINorman.org backslash donates. And you just comment uh, baby pantry slash diapers there. Anything helps? Anything helps as we try to get to our goal of uh, 2,500 diapers uh, being donated today. And there was one more game. Um... Well, I guess it was Oklahoma and TCU was the other game. Doug and Norman says 42-20. OU's going to win on Saturday. Okay. So I don't like know if him. that scares the death, scares you to death or makes you feel good, but he's got a three-score three win.
1: Hey, I, I, you know, Doug and Norman sounds like a smart guy, obviously a uh, generous guy dropping off some diapers. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that prediction.
0: Yeah. Um, is it going to be any different tomorrow when the ref comes back on the air? Because I feel like the anger is uh, only going to get worse as we come back tomorrow. Is that is that accurate? Like we really need Saturday to get here in the worst way. A lot of angry people today.
1: Hey, you know that's that's fine. It's you know it's good that there's this much anger. It means that people care. The people are paying attention. You know, so I think a, I think a good uh, informed, bought-in fan base is a good thing uh, overall for the health of a program. And I would say that the health of OU's program is quite good right now. So I think we go and get a win at, at uh, in Fort Worth at TCU. Things start to fall our way, and we'll see what the rest of the conference does as we look ahead to the conference standings now and, and, and hope we can still end up in that Big 12 championship game, which, you know, yeah. it's right there in front of us.
0: One final segment coming up next. We'll try to get to uh, all of your texts. Uh, before we get out of here today, 405-651-3439. One final segment right here on The Ref for the Homeless fans. All right, final segment of a radio show that uh, I'll probably remember for quite some time. This is, uh, this is a show that's uh, probably going to be talking about five years from now and uh, the incredible set of circumstances that followed after the uh, time of 3.30 hits Text line says about D.J. Hicks. What are the chances of him flipping to Oklahoma before signing day? I would say that's pretty low. If this was handled the way that it's being reported, which is he didn't really tell the O.U. staff um, until about 10 minutes before that he was flipping to A.M., that's um, that's not great for the relationship. I'd say I'd say it's low, very low. Yeah, but in the in the portal era,
1: you know, you would you would be wise to not burn any bridges. I totally get that. Um, you know, but I, I do agree that I imagine it would probably be a portal thing. I don't think this is going to be, you know, a decommitment and then a flip uh, around signing day or anything like that. This would have to be something that maybe down the road he's in the portal. Maybe there's not, you know, maybe there's not enough to go around, not enough playing time to go around at A&M, something like that. But, you know, in the portal era, like I said, you just you can't burn bridges. And I'm sure Todd Bates uh, – um, if there's room in the future, I'm sure you know they'd be willing to discuss it. But I think it's a little too fresh right now, and probably will be too fresh for the next few weeks.
0: The anger tomorrow will be will be aimed at Parker for getting our hopes up with his crystal balls. Uh, yeah, I, I got to do a show with Parker tomorrow. That'll be that'll be interesting to see what the uh, text line says. Well, what what he's going to get is probably what we got today. To be honest, the, yeah, the, the oh, yeah. anger will carry over.
1: I don't know. I think it'll be a little bit less. I think. Uh, I think because it happened right after he was you know very adamant that that Hicks was gonna be a sooner uh, since it came right after that the flip uh yeah I, I think uh, I think we got the brunt of it i think I think Parker uh of course he's not having a great day but I think Parker's pretty glad that he wasn't uh well he wasn't all in air when it hit and yeah. he had to eat the crow. <laughs>
0: Kansas State loses on Saturday. Adrian Martinez has has no clue how to handle the success. It it is an interesting point. I mean, he even admitted after the game, he was like, uh, I just played the best game of my career. And consistency really hasn't been a strong suit of Adrian Martinez. Like, yeah, I mean, Tech isn't great defensively, but it's totally fair to think that he might have a major setback after the best game that he's ever played and will ever play in college football.
1: Yeah, he had said, yeah, it was the biggest win. He had never had a big win like that. Uh, you think back to his his previous, uh, you know, his previous games. He really hadn't. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, we like I said, we've never seen him win a game that big, so we don't have any evidence of the immediate aftermath. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe it opens up a different side of him. I I just I, I liked what I saw from Kansas State, and I think Texas Tech. I think Donovan is a little too sloppy with the
0: ball, so give me the Wildcats. Final call to the Ref Army. Please help us out. Center for Children and Families. We've been supporting them today. Monetary donations. CCFINorman.org backslash donate. CCFINorman.org backslash donate. Show that the Ref Army supports their community. Uh, Donate some cash for uh, for the baby pantry diaper drive. We would really, really appreciate it. Hey, we'll get through this one way or the other, we'll get through this. We'll be back with you tomorrow, try to guide you through the massive disappointment that was today, and we'll talk about the football game on Saturday. All right? uh, you've been listening to The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. For Travis Davis and I'm Tyler McComas, we'll talk to you tomorrow.